happy Mother's Day, moms. We are so honored to have you with us. You look amazing today, and I, I agree with everything my husband said. You're doing an incredible work, an incredible job. And this is my first Mother's Day. My two oldest are in Alabama. But Chris actually didn't steal my joke because Kate is my most favorite youngest, not oldest daughter. She's my most favorite youngest daughter. And she is here today. And Kate, I'm counting on you to make today like the best Mother's Day I've had yet, okay? You got that? Okay, good. My husband actually gave me a card this morning and on the front it said, you do so much. Today I want you to just sit back, relax, and I'm gonna do everything. And you open it up and it said, where's everything? Isn't that the truth? Come on, moms. Well, I'm so honored to be here today and to share with you. And today I wanna talk about distractions. Does anyone have some distractions in their life? Come on. A distraction is anything that moves our attention from the greater things to the lesser things. Okay, or, or better way to say it might be, the things that I get distracted by are never as important as the things I get distracted from. Like, I'll plan out my week. I don't know about you, but I like to plan out my week. And I'm like, okay, this week I'm going to get this project done. I'm going to finish reading this book. I'm going to spend time with my daughter. I'm going to go on a date with Chris. I plan it all out. But then before I know it, the week has flown by and it has filled up. And I find myself distracted and giving my attention to all the things that I shouldn't have instead of all the things that I should have. And it's those distractions that I believe are robbing us from experiencing all that God has for us. So today, I'm going to talk to you about the undistracted life. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you so much, Lord, that your word is applicable to every area of our life, God. And as we lean in right now, God, I ask that you would speak to us, God, the things that you want to challenge and you want to change, Lord, the ways that you want to shape us. God, I pray that we would leave here today, Lord, just more in love with you, God. Lord, that we would leave here today, God, just challenged with the things that, that you show us, Lord, the life that you want us to live, God, that you would speak to us about the undistracted life. And we ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, all of us deal with distractions, right? We get caught up in the, what I like to call, the tyranny of the urgent. And it says, those are the things that prohibit us from working on or completing the more important activities. And we all wrestle with this, right? Like, I will ask Chris, hey, can you take the trash cans to the curb? And then, like, five minutes goes by, ten minutes goes by, 20 minutes goes by, and I'm like, there's only three trash cans. Like, what, what happened, you know? So I'll go out there, and I find him, like, he's, like, wiping the windows on the car. Or I kid you not, one day I actually caught him painting the garage. I'm like, how do you go out to put trash cans out and then just randomly decide, I think I'm going to paint the garage. Distractions are real. Now, I myself, I have known to be a distracted person. There are many times in the grocery store I have run my cart into someone because I was distracted by a phone call or things that I were looking at. Or if you've ever seen me before, I use my hands a lot when I talk, and so I get distracted in conversation. And, and often I have hit perfectly good strangers with my arm as I'm trying to explain something. And sometimes distractions will just simply cost us a little apology to the person in front of us in line. 
Other times, distractions can cost you. They can cause you to end up lost or off track from where you should be. A few weeks ago, I ran a race with a couple women here in our church. It's called a Ragnar race. And if you don't know what that is, it's a 200-mile relay race. And this one was from San Diego to Huntington Beach. Now, I was starting the race off, so I was excited. That's pretty fun. So it's 5.30 in the morning, the whistle blows, and I start to run. Now, I'm not an emotional person. I very rarely cry, but I have this weird thing that if I'm in a race or I see people running in a race, that I get emotional. And it's weird. I know. I, I don't understand it. I have no idea why. Like, I could hear the saddest story doesn't bother me, but you see someone running and I get teary-eyed. I don't know. So I'm running, and I find myself getting emotional. And so I'm like, Tatum, why are you getting emotional? This is so stupid. Like, why do you do this? And this is embarrassing. If people see me crying right now, like, you need to stop. And then all of a sudden, this song comes on, my AirPod, and I'm like, that is such a good song. Oh, I love this song. And so I'm singing that song as I'm running. And then I look ahead, and I'm like, there's one girl in front of me. If I pass her, I will be in first place. So then I'm like focused on, I got to pass this girl. I got to get in front of her. And then I'm like, oh, you're down in San Diego, right? So the beach, it's beautiful and the sun is coming up. And so I'm focused on that and, and, and I'm running. And before long, I realize I haven't seen any signs in a while. Like I, I've become distracted by the emotions and the song and passing that girl in the ocean. I, I haven't been paying attention. I, I, I'm distracted. And all of a sudden, as I'm about to head under this bridge, this guy comes running towards me and he says, that's a dead end. He goes, you missed a turn. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I was so disappointed in myself and my poor team and now we've lost time and I'm not in first place anymore. This, my distractions, it was all avoidable if I hadn't gotten distracted, if I had just stayed focused. And some of you have come in here today and you're lost. You are so far off course because somewhere along the way, in the midst of all the busyness and everything you have going on, you've become distracted. And you're running, you're running hard, but you're running the wrong way. You should have turned left a long time ago, but you missed it. And some of you in here this morning, if you don't make some changes, if you don't cut some distractions out of your life, if you, if you don't look up and, and see where you are and where you're going, you're going to find yourself off course as well. And so this morning I want to share with you a story found in Luke chapter 10. And it's about two sisters that you're probably familiar with, Mary and Martha. And now Martha, I think, could identify with this. There were some distractions that were in her life, that were putting her off course. So if you want to read with me, it's Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, and it will be on the screens as well. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted but all the preparations that had to be made. And so she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. 
You see, Mary had gotten off, Martha had gotten off course. She was distracted by all that had to be done. And how many of us are feeling that way right now? We're distracted by all that needs to be done. Our plates are full. We have jobs. We have deadlines. We have kids and their schedules. We have laundry. We have housework. And the list goes on and on. We have so many things that we have to do in a day and in a week. But in order for us to live the undistracted life that God has for us, we have to, number one, resist the lesser things. It's the first thing we're going to look at this morning is resist the lesser things. You know, the many things that we have going on, the distractions. A few years ago, my friend Kim and I, she's here today so you can chat with, I I did ask her permission, I just want to say this, I did ask her permission to tell this story, but... We went to the beach with our kids, and there happened to be a really strong rip current that day. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to go out with my kids, and I'm going to do some swimming. But I said to Kim, hey, if I feel like my life is in danger, like, here's the signal, okay? Like, I'm going to wave at you. That means I need help, okay? Sure, got it. Go out. I'm swimming with my kids, and all of a sudden, these huge set waves start coming in. And it's one right after the other. And so I can't catch my breath and I'm getting tired. And so I'm trying to swim in, but I realize I'm caught in a rip current and I cannot get anywhere. And I look over, my daughter Raya is with me. And so I'm like, I'm trying to hold her up. I'm, I'm trying not to drown, but I feel like at any moment now I'm gonna die. And so I look up at Kim and I give her the signal like this. And I realize Kim's distracted. Kim's distracted. You know. London needs some snacks. There's some good Instagram going on on her phone right now. And so here I am drowning, and she's distracted. And I'm thinking any moment now, she's going to look up because we talked about this, right? So so I'm waving my arms, and I'm waving my arms, and nope, nope, Kim's distracted. So then at this point, it's life or death. So I have to do what is totally embarrassing, and I just start screaming out, help, help for just anybody to to come help me. And all of a sudden, the lifeguard makes eye contact and he jumps down from his tower and he grabs his red floaty and he dives into the water and he comes out to save and rescue Raya and I. And guess who wasn't distracted anymore? Kim, she's videotaping the whole entire rescue for me just so when I get out of the water. And you know what? I can understand. She, ha- she did have a lot going on. There are kids that need snacks. She had to watch her own children. I'm sure there was some great posts on Instagram that day. You know, life is busy. And we all have jam-packed lives, right? We have sports. We have hobbies, social media, projects, work, friendships, spouse, kids, family, parties, chores, rep- responsibilities. Are you exhausted yet? Our lives and schedules are so full that sometimes it can just feel like a whole bunch of chaos. And we've become so distracted in all of our busyness. And it's actually preventing us from experiencing all that God has for us. John 10.10 says that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You see, the enemy, he wants you distracted. He wants you busy. He wants a little chaos in your life so that he can keep you from your purpose. The enemy wants to steal your joy, and he wants to kill your dreams, and he wants to to destroy what God wants to do in your life. But God wants you to have life 
and life to the full. He doesn't want you just to live or to exist. He wants you to have an abundant life, to enjoy life to its fullest. And the distractions cause us to miss out on what God intends for us to enjoy. Have you ever thrown a party for someone? Whenever I throw a party for one of my kids, like, it's a lot. Because you've got to get the house cleaned, you've got to decorate it, you've got to prep all the food, you've got to welcome the guests, make sure they stay entertained, you've got to keep track of who brought what gift, you've got to restock the drinks, you've got to clean up the trash, you've got to take all of the videos and all of the pictures, and all of those distractions end up keeping me from the very reason that I threw the party in the first place, right? I want to spend time celebrating my child, but all the distractions kept me from enjoying any of that. And you see, this is where Martha finds herself. She invites Jesus in. She wants to spend time with him. But now all of a sudden she has this pressure of cleaning the house and preparing a meal and making sure everyone feels comfortable. You see, I don't think she's doing the wrong things. I just think she got distracted from all the right things. Jesus tells Martha, he says, you are worried and upset about many things, but few are needed. And I think all of us find ourselves at some point or another worried, stressed, upset, distracted by many things when actually there's only a few things that are needed. You know the whole less is more right now, like minimalistic, like small houses and all that. We all long for that and we we dream of that, but I think our lives end up tending to look more like more is more. Not less is more, but more is more. And in the midst of all the more, what are the things that I need to cut out of my life that are distracting me, that are keeping me from what really matters. Easier said than done, right? We have to work, right? We gotta make money. We have to fix things around the house. We have kids to take care of. We have to update our social media. We got hobbies that we like to be a part of. We gotta keep up to date what's happening in the world. Then there's that Netflix series that I gotta finish and that YouTube I gotta watch. And there's friends that I need to hang out with. I've got my sports, my kids' sports, and I got my family and and the list goes on and on. And we end up working too much, worrying too much, spending too much, staring at our screens too much, escaping too much, saying yes too much, overscheduling, multitasking too much, focused on what's next too much. We've got a lot going on in our lives. But it's important for us to not just fill our time, but to examine what we fill our time with. To, to take some time, to take notice of the things that we're actually doing, to, to pause and think, what am I spending all of my time with during the week? There's a verse found in Ephesians, and it's verses, chapter 5, verses 16 through 17, and it speaks directly to this. It says, making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence. Because the days are filled with evil, therefore do not be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. So make the most of your time and grasp what the will of the Lord is. So it's telling us here, be be intentional with your time and ask God how you should spend it. And so I would challenge you to spend some time praying, God, 
what do I need to cut out of my life? What should I be spending my time with right now? You know, I do this seasonally. I'll look at where we're at in life, what's going on with our family, with church, and, and kind of ask God, hey, what are the things that I need to focus on right now, and what are some things that I need to cut out of my life? Because things are constantly shifting, right? Your, your kids' needs are shifting, Chris's needs, the ministry needs, our home needs, personal needs. They're all changing. As a matter of fact, when our daughter, our second daughter was about to be born, Chris and I were super involved. He was a youth pastor in Orange County, and I was super involved. I, I did everything with him. And we just had Elias at the time, and that worked just fine. That was, it was no problem. I felt like I could be a good mom and keep up on the house and things and, and the ministry, and, and, and I could balance all of it. I could juggle all of it. But now that I was going to have my second child, I knew that there needed to be a shift. I knew that there were some lesser things that I was going to have to cut out of my life so I could focus on the greater things. And it's usually just a season, right? It's just a season sometimes that we have to say no to things. There's been times where I've had to cut out some house projects that have consumed my time. Or maybe some late nights because I'm not able to get up in the morning and, and be a good mom and get things done. Or maybe there's some friendships that you need to cut out of your life. Or some long work hours or some screen time. All of us have different things that we need to cut out of our life so that we're not distracted. Hebrews 12.1 says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So this verse tells us, hey, strip off the unnecessary things. Get them out of your life so that you can run, like really run. Can we put the meme up on the screen for everybody? So here you are, top one. This is what I feel like I look like when I run, right? You came in here today, you're like, I'm running, I got it all together, life is good. But that bottom one, that's what you actually look like right now, okay? So we, we want to cut out the things in our life. I think she's holding some M&Ms in her hand. So there's some things that we want to cut out. There's some things that we need to get out of our life so that we can be that top runner, right? That we can run with full endurance, that we can run the race well without distractions. And we see examples all over the Bible of men and women that got distracted, there's this story of, of David. He was a king. He was supposed to go off to war, but he got distracted around his castle, and he got distracted by a woman named Bathsheba. And he ended up having an affair with Bathsheba, and then to cover it up, he had her husband Uriah killed. David got distracted by what God had, the purpose God had for him. You think about Samson. Samson had taken a vow to serve the Lord, and he vowed not to cut his hair. And, and there was this, like, he-man strength if he didn't cut his hair. But then he got distracted by this woman named Delilah, and he told her his secret, and they cut his hair. And soon thereafter, he ended up losing his life. Then you think about Eve. Eve's living in the Garden of Eden. She's in paradise. And she gets distracted by the serpent. And she ends up eating of the tree, the forbidden fruit from the tree. And then we see the fall of man and sin entering our world. 
Gideon was distracted by the size of his army. God had called him to fight the Midianites, but his army was too small and he got distracted. You think about the children of Israel, God taking them out of slavery. He wanted to bring them into the promised land, which should have been an 11-day journey, but because they got distracted, they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. They were way off course. They were lost. And each of these, they got distracted from their purpose, from what God was doing, and it cost them. And distraction, it always costs us. Regret, discouragement, failure, pain, relationships, time. So we've got to resist the lesser things, resist the distractions that are in our life. And we do that so we can, secondly, determine the greater things. Resist the lesser so that we can determine the greater things. Let's look at verse 42. It says, Jesus says you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. What are the few things that are needed? What are the more important things that God is calling you to focus on? Because you see, there's lots of things that can be a distraction to us. But we need to decide, out of all of those things, what do I need to focus on? Now, I can relate to Martha. I am a doer. You can ask my husband. From the moment I wake up in the morning to the moment I go to bed at night, I go, go, go. And so for me, I have to be super intentional with the things that are needed. Often, Chris will say to me, give me 10. Now, you guys, he's not asking for 10 minutes. He's literally asking for 10 seconds. And so I come in for a hug, and he's like, quit counting, quit counting. And I'm like, but 10 seconds is so long when I have all these tasks to get done. I am a task-oriented person. And I remember when my kids were little, and there were so many things that I wanted to do. And then they would say, Mom, can you play Barbies with me? Or can you play cars with me? And there's things I wanted to do. But I knew that one day those Barbies and cars would no longer be in my house, that they were going to get traded in for driver's license and dorm rooms, right? And so I would set aside the things that I wanted to do for what I needed to do. What are the things that you need to set aside today? What are the things that you need to make the most important what has become so important that it's taking the place of what actually is most important? And this looks different for each one of us, right? Because we, we all have different lives. We all have different families and, and different responsibilities. We're all in different seasons. So ask yourself, what should be my priorities right now? Might be your spouse. Maybe you've become just two people that are sharing a bed. Or maybe it's one of your kids. They, they need a little extra TLC right now. They've got stuff going on with, with their friends or some things at school. Or maybe it's paying off debt. You're, you're spending more than you make and you just need to concentrate on paying off that debt. Or maybe it's that degree that you keep pushing off. You need to just finish that degree. Or maybe it's a business you need to start that you keep talking about. Or maybe it's getting into a small group. You just need some people to, to do life and do community with. Or maybe it's breaking a bad habit. But I would challenge you to take some time this week to sit down and to write out what needs to be a priority in your life. Don't just think about it. you got to write it down. Do you know that you are 42% more likely to do something just by writing it down? 
and it's not hard. You get out that old-fashioned, remember, pen, paper, you get that out, and just make a list. What are the things that need to become priority in my life right now? And once you get that list, I want you to pre-decide. I want you to determine beforehand that you're going to make those things a priority. Because I tell you what, it's easy to let the distractions fill our time and fill our schedules, right? And so we'll be thinking, you know what? I really got to complete this project that I've been putting off at home, but I really want to go shopping right now. Or maybe you're like, I really should take my wife on a date, but I really want to go golfing right now, right? My husband doesn't do that. I'm just, just saying, hon. Just kidding. He really honestly doesn't. But you know what I'm talking about. We got to don't replace the greater things with the lesser things. Don't replace the greater things, the more important things, with the lesser things. There's a story in the Bible of a man named Nehemiah, and it's found in the book of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah felt that God was calling him to go back to his hometown to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem that had been torn down. And so he goes to Jerusalem, he gets the supplies, he assembles a team, and he goes up on the wall, and he's working, and he's working hard. Now, he's predetermined that he is not going to stop until the walls are complete. And now there's these three guys that keep trying to distract him. They keep trying to stop him from doing this work. They keep trying to stop him from what God had called him to do. And every single time they would come to Nehemiah, he would give them the same answer in Nehemiah 6.3. It says, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Let this be your mantra. I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Tell your neighbor, I won't come down. Come on, tell your neighbor, I won't come down like you mean it. Tell him, I won't come down. I've got young kids at home that I'm pouring into. I cannot come down. I want to have a marriage that thrives. I cannot come down. I want to be a dad that leads and loves my family well. I cannot come down. There's people in my life that need to hear about Jesus. I cannot come down. I want to be a mom that is engaged and intentional with my kids. I cannot come down. I'm saving for the future. I cannot come down. I'm part of building the church. I cannot come down. I'm leaving a legacy for the next generation. I cannot come down. I'm finishing school. I cannot come down. I'm a teacher and I'm pouring into kids that need me. I cannot come down. You fill in the blank. What is your priority? I cannot come down. God is calling you to a great work, and you need to be determined ahead of time that you will not come down until it's completed. Nehemiah, he was determined. This was his priority. He predecided that he was not coming down until the work was done. And we have to do the same thing. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So yes, sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes it's going to be a lot of work. And maybe it's a little bit easier just to, to give in or cut it short. But it promises us, God promises us that there will be a harvest. There will be a payoff. And so I'm going to talk to you moms right now because it's Mother's Day and we can. Moms, I know that you have long days and long nights. And I know that raising kids is a lot of work. 
But don't give up. Do not come down. There will be a payoff. I promise. I had a mom the other day. She said, you know, your kids call you a lot, and that's not typical. And I thought, you know what? That is my payoff right now. Yes, sometimes they are calling me for money, but most of the time they are calling me because they want to talk to me, okay? My daughter even sent a text this morning. She's like, Mom, I can call you about anything even when I need money. And I'm like, why'd you have to throw that in there? Like, that wasn't necessary. That needed to be in there. But it's my payoff right now of all of those long nights, those long days, the driving the kids everywhere, our yogurt land dates, our park days, our backyard play, our sitting in bed at night, talking to them, listening to them, helping them through their friendship problems, getting them off to college, all those, all that time and effort put into them is now paying off. So mommies, don't come down. Keep at it. So we're going to resist the lesser things, okay, all the distractions, all the craziness, and then we're going to determine, okay, the, the greater things. And then number three, we're going to make Jesus the only thing. Jesus said, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, and then he says, or indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Where do we find Mary? At Jesus' feet, spending time with him. Like I said, I don't think Martha was in the wrong for wanting to host Jesus well. Not at all. It's just that she let the distractions rob her of the more important thing, which was spending time with him. He's the one thing, Jesus. He's the only thing. And when we put him first, all other things fall into place. Paul says in Philippians 3, verses 13 through 14, it says, But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, all the mistakes, the lesser things I gave my time and attention to. And I look forward to what lies ahead, the greater things. And I press on through it all to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Paul says this one thing. How does he say that? Paul was a tent maker. He was a writer. He was a missionary. He was a preacher. He was a church planner and an evangelist. He had a very full life. But he says this one thing. And I know you, you're a, your mom or dad, your wife, your husband, your sister, a brother, friend, employee, employer, your student, your coach. You do many things. But we need to start making Jesus the one thing. When we focus on the one thing, everything else falls into place. Start making Jesus the one thing. You put him first in your day. It means you start your day with him. Pray, read your Bible. Put him first in your decisions. God wants, God, what do you want me to do in this situation right now? You put him first in your relationships. You honor him in your marriage and you be a good friend. You put him first in the workplace. Be honest, work hard. And you put him first in your family. When you put him first, he takes care of everything else. And I've seen it over and over again in my life. There is so much peace that comes when we put him first. All the distractions and all the chaos, it just kind of helps settle it all in. 
He brings a, a, a peace. And Matthew eleven twenty eight tells us, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. When we come to him with all of our stuff, with all of our distractions, he gives us rest. We don't have to carry all this on our own. And, you know, maybe you came in here this morning and you're like, I just have all this stuff going on. Life just feels chaotic. Jesus says, just come to me. Bring it to me and I will give you rest. So let's imagine, church, if we resist the lesser things, all the craziness, everything that we have going on in our lives right now, all the distractions, and if we determine the greater things, if you look at our lives and go, this is what's most important right now. This is what I need to focus on right now. And then if we make Jesus the only thing, that we just keep coming back to him every morning, every night, we just keep coming back to him and make him first. I believe that God's gonna do something incredible in our lives. We're gonna experience a peace we've never experienced before. We're gonna experience fruit like we've never experienced before. We're gonna experience God do incredible things in our lives if we can get this right, if we can live the undistracted life. Amen? All right, can I pray for you? God, we just thank you so much that you see all that's happening in our hearts and in our lives. And God, we just ask right now, Lord, that as we spend this week, God, just sitting before you, asking you, hey, what are the things I need to cut out? What are the things I need to bring in? God, I pray that you'd speak to all of our hearts, Lord. And God, as we make these decisions, Lord, that we would experience your presence in a fresh way, God. That we would experience you working in our lives and through our lives in a fresh way, God, as we just surrender these things to you, God. And making you the one thing, God, the only thing in our life, Lord, that we would just, God, just experience you in a fresh way this week, God. And I want to talk to anyone here this morning who came in this morning and you've never asked Jesus into your life. You've never asked Jesus to be the one thing, to be the only thing in your life. This morning, God wants you to have freedom from all the distractions and from all the chaos. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to forgive you of your sins and to set you free and to give you life and life to the full.